But Paul, I've got one word for you. One word, Paul. Wait, wait are we doing an actual intro? No, we're do- we're going. Right <laughs> we're going. Let's go. We're going. Okay, let's, let's go. Let's go. Okay. One word. I got two. Three, actually. Jesus Christ. Okay. What's your one word? Is this a is this a word measuring contest? Is that yeah, what we're doing here? You like my words. They're good words. Bliss, Paul. Mine's fuck the Lakers. Wow. <laughs> you know what? You know what? I feel like the negativity is unnecessary. No, that was a very positive fuck the Lakers. The negativity is <laughs> unnecessary because we positively beat the shit out of the Lakers in six. It was more like in LA. It was more like it was more like really a four and a half game series, I feel. I feel like we really only lost half a game through all of that. That makes sense. That didn't make sense at yeah. all. <laughs> We controlled a lot of the series and had we lost one game really bad and one game kind of close. All right, all right, all right. And we're going to talk about all of that. And we're going to talk about all of the feels it gave us inside on this episode, baby, of Danning the Flames. <laughs> now that's an intro. Valley boys, we them valley boys, we them valley boys, we them valley boys, we them valley boys. I felt like that came across a little bit creepy. Did that it came across, across very Jack Black. Black. It what? <laughs> very Jack Blackish. Oh, you know what? I'll take that. I'll take that. I, I, I feel like I feel like Jack Black uh, is a compliment. Is a compliment. And you know what else is very much a compliment? The intro and outro music that we get to use on this podcast brought to you, of course, by our boy Zane Zor. You know what? At this point, he's everybody's boy. Is he not, Paul? He is everybody's boy. He's everybody's boy. I mean, if you've seen the videos of like the post game, I mean, he's not really anybody in L.A.'s boy, but, you know, they don't count. Dude. Okay. First, let me finish. Let me finish plugging Zane here. So. Zane Zor, of course, official Suns rapper. We know that he releases those raps after every win. We know he came out with the Beat LA rap, which is, if, if, if I may, as a 39-year-old man say, it is straight fire. Can I say that? Am I allowed it's to lit. say that? What? It's lit? It's lit. Okay, it's lit. It's lit. Like fire. Okay, cool. Yeah. I like this. I like where we're going. We're hip. We're cool. This is sweet. We're All with right. it. Anyway, it is fire. Zanezor is awesome. Love the dude. Check him out at zanezor.com. That is Z-A-N-E-Z-O-R.com. I'm not going to spell that out for you. Of course, you can follow me on Twitter. I'm at Paul. I'm at Dervish of World. And the pod is at Fan the Flames NBA. And we are on all podcasting platforms, also known as Podforms. And don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe. And of course, you can get the guys that actually put out content on a shockingly regular basis the second and third most handsome podcasters in the bright side of the sun podcast network the jam session boys of course wait wait it's a question so if they're the second and third let which one of us is let not. The be out there bro mystery <laughs> be out there. Okay? Okay. all right that works paul i got one question for you bro one yep. question how does it feel how does it feel it feels great. Dude, it was like, amazing. Yeah. And just the way we did it, or they did it, you know. No, we did we're, it. We're the sons. This fans. is us. This, Look, man, this is this is Phoenix. This is I the, the city is electric right now. I, I honestly feel it. Like I feel it walking around. I was listen to this, dude. The amount of sun's gear I've seen over the last couple of weeks has been exponentially more than I've seen in a long time. I, I had a buddy of mine that I golf with come up to me uh, a week and a half ago and tell me that his boss was talking about our podcast. And I, I actually asked, I'm like, you're talking about us, right? Because we put out like four this year, this season. Yeah. He's like, no, no, all of you guys. But he he knows you guys too. I'm like, oh, he's he's truly a listener. I appreciate that. And it's, it's you know, again, it's it's in the air here, man. And I love it. I mean, I've been wearing sun stuff every day. Um, and it, it just feels, it feels great. Um, and I, I wear sun stuff regularly as it is, 
But just to just pull it out and see that it's not just me. It's not just a couple people randomly wearing, like you said, it's everywhere, man. It's it. You, you feel it. It's in the air. Like I said, and you know why it's in the air, Paul, because Phoenix is what is Phoenix, Paul? I don't know where you're going with this one. It's a real, it's a real sports town. My friend. It is a real sports town. I should have known where you're going with this. You should have. And I'm disappointed in you, but you know who I'm not disappointed in? Our boy. The man of the people, the voice of the people. Somebody, somebody with a voice has a stand up for us, right? You know who doesn't do it? Dan Bickley doesn't do it. Uh, Doug. Doug Franz doesn't do it. They look down on our city. You know who doesn't look down on our city? John Bloom. He goes in there, beating the drum, defending this city as well he should because Phoenix is a goddamn sports town, and this city is showing it right now. Dude, I was at game five. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. I'm getting, I am getting goosebumps right you now. You had goosebumps last night when we were at Zips watching the game. I'm, I'm walking around with permanent goosebumps and a permanent shitting grin on my face right now. Since we <laughs> and, and a permanent goatee. And a permanent, <laughs> excuse me? Dario. The Dario. The Dario. Don't forget the, the Dario. Dario. Yes. It's like, it's, like, it's like the University of San Diego. Yes. That's how you properly say it. Not like any other university that says it that way. Just us. Just us. That, that maybe I only say it like that, but that's fine. Whatever. Okay. Anyway, hey, dude, let's talk about the Suns. Hey, yeah. I have a question for you. Uh, yes. Another question. What was your favorite moment of the series? What was my favorite moment of the series? Honestly, my favorite moment of the series is this moment I didn't actually see in the moment because it was just kind of a little thing that was uh, Crowder doing the oh. salsa right before he got ejected. Dude, can't believe he got ejected for that, but still, it was great. That and, whole sequence, and then he, then he sprinted, sprinted off like a giant smile on his face, <laughs> dude. You know, Jay Crowder, and I, I, when we were on the jammies, I don't know if I, I said this, if I, if I picked him as my favorite player, I think I did. If I didn't, I was poorly mistaken, but I think I did. And, and he is, man. I love that guy. And I and I said this earlier in the series um, when he was struggling, and everyone was down on him. And and I'm sitting there, I'm thinking he's got it. He's going to keep shooting. I mean, Jay Crowder does not. That's what he does. He's shoot. unconscious, dude. Yeah, I, he he hasn't seen a jump shot he hasn't loved. And I've said this about him before, and I'll say it again. He is the most confident jump shooter I have ever seen. And by that, I mean he doesn't give a shit. He's shooting it. He will shoot. He, he is very he will shoot. Shot. Um, and and he goes through those lulls. We've seen it, and he shoots through them, and that's what he did. And he came up huge as the series went on and came up gigantic, gigantic in game six. Three three-pointers in the first, like, three minutes of the game went, I think, six for nine for the game as a whole. I mean, the the the, the contributions all around by Jay were just huge, but – yeah, that was that was one that was a fine, fine, fine moment because hey, I believe that's what we like to call the quote unquote last laugh. Literally, yes. literally the last Yeah, yeah, he ran off laughing. <laughs> and they didn't Lakers didn't come back. And then and 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 the and the thing that made that moment even better was while Jay was salsa dancing, Chris Paul was also mimicking the back down mo- movement. Yeah, I, I was kind of con- – yeah, I, I saw that too. What I was confused about was that the players noticed that because that was like a Twitter meme. And I'm like, how does Chris Paul know a Twitter joke in the uh, middle of a game? Oh, uh, I think we know. Because <laughs> he, he, he sees everything. He's omnipotent. Exactly. Dude, it was great, man. It, it, it was phenomenal. That was that was a fantastic moment. Um. You know, my favorite moment is going to be somewhat tied to that, but it's going to be on the flip side of it. And it's actually that that back down moment of LeBron James's. You know why? Because that's when, and I, I think I texted you. Did I text you guys in our group chat that, this at that point? I know I set, texted it to Sam, and he actually texted me the other day. He's like, okay, you were right. At that moment, I texted, I said, the Lakers just done fucked up. Because <laughs> if, 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 I were, if I were them, they were shredding the Suns at that point, man. I mean, 
The Suns looked completely out of sorts. The Lakers were getting everything they wanted. And then LeBron James decided it had to be about him. And he went and pissed off Jay. He went and pissed off Book. And they both got ejected. When they got ejected, dude, I don't know why people got down on them for that. I loved it. You know I was actually I was surprised about how many ejections there were in that whole series. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm surprised. And how many of them were the Suns and not the Lakers? I'm not surprised how many there there were. I'm surprised how many there were for the Suns and how many, how few there were for the Lakers. Uh, yeah. And you know what? Overall, though, I, I considering. Game one started with the Lakers shooting 19 free throws before the Suns ever got to the free throw line. You would think that we would sit here after six games saying, God, those refs, the whole series. But ultimately, man, they they let them play. It wasn't that bad. And when they were bad, they were bad both ways. I mean, there were a number of objectionable calls both ways throughout the series. Um, But nothing that was... This is very surprising from you after knowing you for years and your penchant for ref mockery. Look, man, I, I credit where credit's due, right? Yeah. Credit where credit's due. I, I will say after game five, I, like I said, I was at game five. I gave I gave the officials as they left the court a small ovation. I mean, very small, very small. Like, you know, nobody noticed small, but it was no, there, you small. know, so hey. Yeah. Like I you said, know, they're, they're, they're too, the people were too busy with other things. Yeah, but but hey, like I said, the, that moment though, man, I, I that was a huge mistake. That was a gigantic mistake by LeBron. That was a gigantic mistake by the Lakers, man. You don't sit there. You you're at one game to one game apiece. They made so many mistakes. You you know from that point, actually, from that very point after LeBron made that little reverse. Uh-huh. The Suns outscored the Lakers by, I believe it was 56 points for, throughout the rest of the series. Yeah. Again, what I tweeted at the time was the Suns needed a spark and LeBron gave it to them. And that's why I love that moment because what do we look back on? I mean, we look back on the Suns being dead. They were dead. I, I, I'll say it. I, I, I felt defeated at that point, dude. I'm like, we've got no firepower. We've got, we've got no spark. We have no will to win this series. And then LeBron put it right there in our faces and handed it to us like a gigantic, beautiful moron. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I, I do agree. I mean, it was definitely, you know, going down to one, you know, I, you know, had trepidation. Obviously, I think a lot of us had trepidation going into that game four. You know, when we watched it with the with the jam session guys at um, uh, Four Peaks. Thank you, guy. Thank you, Four Peaks, for uh, hosting. We it was definitely enjoyed the uh, the atmosphere there. Um, but you know, I was semi confident going into that game, but and definitely like once it started, obviously um, got more confident as it went. Um, particularly once we saw how, uh, how well, uh, CP3 was playing. I think that was kind of really, that was kind of honestly the catalyst for me was that, um, he was at least functional. He wasn't playing, um, you know, one armed like, like he tried to, and he could, I, I mean, yeah, he was still limited in certain things like trying to shoot threes isn't really going to happen. In, in the near in the, but um you know that just gave me a lot of confidence that the you know the suns kind of rally around and then obviously just booker decided to go unconscious for three games yeah yeah well and and, and also remember too at the end of that game three like after all that stuff happened the suns cut it down to i think nine or eight maybe yeah even, uh towards the end and uh, until the lakers built it back up and ended up winning by 14 but that's that's when again that that tide started to turn and yeah man Devin Booker after that too like Devin Booker was a different player really those those subsequent games man mm-hmm. um, particularly games uh, games five and six I I mean those those two first quarters he put up in those games and the first quarter he put up in game one also I mean he he's coming out and looking for blood right off the bat and he's finding it and dude. <laughs> 
<laughs> game six performance. That first <laughs> that first quarter was great. Game five. I thought I didn't think anything could beat the game five yeah, first quarter. Right? Game five, he was phenomenal. <laughs> uh, again, there like, he was throwing game. things up that shouldn't have gone in, that and they were got off of Gasol. Yeah, right in front of me, and it was like the most every everything that you could possibly think he could have defied every logical yeah. concept in your mind that exists that could possibly be defied. He defied in that shot. Like it was, it was ridiculous. And then he comes out and he's like, "Oh yeah, you thought that was cool? Check out, check out this. Watch this six for six in the first quarter from three point range. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and I'm and I'm nine for ten total or whatever the <laughs> crap he was. I think it was eight for nine in the first. I think. Yeah, with six of those being three. Yeah, yeah, because eight for eight for nine, six for three pointers. That would give him what twenty two points, right? Yeah." Yeah. And he outscored the Lakers 22 to 14 in the first. Yeah. Quarter. And that, that was, that was what's even crazier. Just, I mean, obviously Davis was out, but the Lakers should have known how to play without Davis. Cause they did for a long time. It's just yeah, like, they, they like good. short circuited. They like, they couldn't do anything. And, you know, for a team that even like held up defensively during like the regular season when they lost, when they lost Davis, like uh, they weren't defending, they weren't doing anything. Well, well, old Paul, I mean, when you score 14 points in a quarter, let's, in, let's, in let's, not, let's not, let's not uh, uh, look past the possibility that the easiest, easiest explanation is the one we need here. And that is the Lakers just weren't a very good team. And the Suns are an elite team. Yes. And the Suns did what an elite team should do to a not very good team in a seven-game series. That's that. And that's why I've been saying throughout the year why I, I find it so difficult to see a team that's going to beat the Suns in a seven-game series. Yeah, I mean, I mean, the, the, the Lakers are the only team that scared me difficult. in the West. The Lakers were the only team that scared me in the West, and that was just because – their strengths were in the front court and we don't have the deepest, strongest front court outside of Aiton. And, you know, I'm a hundred percent surprised that Aiton didn't get in foul trouble in a single game. I don't know how he pulled that off. I mean, just between the, the way that Davis was just like getting to the line and like LeBron gets LeBron calls that, you know, I was I'm surprised that he wasn't in foul trouble every game. Like, the fact that he wasn't in foul trouble at all is insane. And you know kudos to him. He is an elite defender. <laughs> You're sensing a trend here. Yeah, essentially sensing a trend. Yes. And, you know, I mean, he was relatively quiet in the last two games, but that wasn't really – it was just because that's how the game flowed. I yeah. mean, he it wasn't like he was – bad he just wasn't you know they weren't feeding him he took like three shots devin booker yeah devin booker yeah like that's it that's yeah game five is a 30 point blowout that ayton and book don't even play the fourth quarter exactly and and game six devin booker (laughs) i mean basically single-handedly took care of the lakers yeah yeah at least for one quarter, that's yeah. the absolute truth. <laughs> so, yeah, man, I mean, at, at the end of the day, Aiton did exactly what he needed to do when he needed to do it. He showed up on the offensive end early in the series when that's what they were giving up. And yep. then when it became time for Book to, to show up and to shine, Book did it, and Aiton did what he Locked down on defense. Exactly. Exactly. This is a team, man. I mean, I, I God, I love them. I just love this squad. <laughs> is this your favorite Suns team ever? Oh, man. I mean, it's hard for me to say no to that. Um, and I, I don't know if it's because... There's recency bias? <laughs> yeah, there's recency bias. But also when I was a kid, it was like you just kind of walked into it you know when i when i start 
when I started remembering being at Suns games and stuff, right. it was probably the early 90s. So they're already winning 50 games a year. Right. And we jump right into the Barkley era. And then, you know, we have success throughout the 90s, a little bit of a lull into the early 2000s, and then right into the seven seconds or less era. Um, there was just a lot of success there. And, you know, feeling that pain for as long as we felt it, I think is making me appreciate this squad a lot more. And you know what, too? The thing is, and maybe this is the, maybe this is kind of the key factor for me. This is, this is a Phoenix team, man. I mean, books mm-hmm. homegrown. DA homegrown, Mikhail homegrown, Cam Johnson homegrown. Um, when you think back to those teams, like what the the Suns, the the Barkley teams, Marley, yeah. Who else? Marley. Who else? Well, Alton I mean, Miller? I don't know. I mean, KJ was traded when yeah, he was no, like. No, I'm saying, I'm saying, right? I'm saying, like drafted, drafted by yeah. yeah. Um, yeah, and okay, I guess, I guess theoretically, technically, then Mikhail's not, but you know, he never played. Well, no, yeah, no, Mikhail counts. Mikhail counts. Ended up and was a Cleveland Cavalier. Yeah, uh, Mikhail counts. So, so yeah, I think there's 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 that part of it too, and and frankly, not to be, like, I guess, I like to say I'm like not to be like weird dad mushy guy even though i do that all the time on twitter i've allowed i'm like oh look at this crazy bullshit from the referees look at my sweet daughter who's talking shit to laker fans yeah <laughs> um but the fact that my kids are starting to enjoy this and they're watching these games and my my oldest is asking when the next game is and she's getting into you know banter with her friends about Suns versus Lakers. I mean, that's, that's super cool for me to see too. So I think that certainly gravitates me towards this team. Um, you know, you connect with squads on different levels, right? Oh yeah. Um, at the end of the day, the, there's, there's just a ton to love about this team and, and especially book, man, I tweeted this today. I or no, yesterday. I'm so happy for him through all of this, man. He, he has been such professional through yeah. all the shit he's been through. What was it? His first five seasons, he had five head coaches or four seasons. It was four head coaches, whatever it was. Right. Yeah. Something stupid. And can, and he continued to keep his nose, you know, uh, nose to what nose to the grindstone. Is that okay? There, Thank you. Nose to the grindstone, do the work, improve his game. Um, and you know, he's been rewarded with it now because now he's the, he's the, he's the leader. He's the guy that's going to, he is the bait, the, 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 he's turning into the, uh, uh, what's the word I'm looking here for Paul, like the sweetheart of the NBA playoffs of these types of performances, you know, mm-hmm. um, that, that you, the darling, how, yeah, the darling, how you have Dame time right now, all of a sudden yeah. you've got, I don't know, like fucking book, first quarter book somehow we got to <laughs> come up with something there. Right. Like, you know, I've got nothing yeah. literally coming up with nothing. So, nothing. um, but yeah, that's my super long answer to your question, Paul. What about you, man? Is this, is this your favorite Suns team? I, I mean, I got, a, I got a soft spot in my heart for that 2010 team. I think similarly to the same reason I really, really like this team is. And I mean, even like the 0405 team, but just cause it's the first, like those two were like the first. And then like this 10 team kind of came out of nowhere. They weren't expected to be as good as they were and get to the Western conference finals. Whereas, you know, these guys like preseason preseason expectations would be, they'd be fighting for a playoff spot or maybe be a low, like a low seed, but to like, just come in and just play the way they played. And, you know, as a team, and it wasn't just like one or two guys, guys stepped up, stepped up across the board and, you know, they all seem to like clearly like each other, which is nice. Yeah. yeah. Like, and that, that, is, that does seem to be a hallmark of a lot of Suns teams, like the successful ones that they actually like each other. It's not just, Oh, we have like guys who are here who are just like hired, like gun. what, hired guns who are just freaking good. Yeah. You know, and I think that helps with like, you know, the homegrown status of it. You know, as these guys came up together, they're all rooting for each other to grow and win and develop because, you know, they started together. Like, you know, 
you know, you got that little brother, big brother kind of stuff. And then, you know, whatever Chris Paul's magic, magic secret stuff is that, (laughs) that he's uh, apparently brought to the team, which kind of has been putting us over the top. But I mean, the Lake, as I'd said, I've said multiple times, and I said even earlier on this podcast, the Lakers are the only team in the West that scare me, scare me. Like I'm not scared of any other team that's left, particularly even the ones that are left. I mean, I know the Nuggets are going to be tough, but I mean, so I was listening to oh, which which podcast was that? I think it was Zach Lowe today. Yeah, it was definitely Zach Lowe's podcast today. You you don't know this, but not a outside of Jokic, not a single current starter on the Nuggets played in any of the three games we played against them. Wow. At least not as not as a starter, because their starting point guard is Composo. Sure. He played because because Chris Paul put in work on Composo. Yeah, that's <laughs> right. Oh, I forgot about that. He was very, he was very deliberate. He toyed it. with him. Very deliberate he, about it. Yes. Yeah. Um, Austin Rivers is the uh, is sh- the shooting guard who like was on the street for a month, dude. Because the Knicks didn't want him. He's the starting. He's the starting shooting guard. Yeah. 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 Um. Good. Then you got um. Freaking Aaron Gordon, Gordon and Michael Porter Jr. Now I think is like the rest of the starting lineup. I mean, Port Michael Porter Jr. is I mean really coming to his own, and you know, he you know he's on the he's earned his spot, and good for him. I think that was like always the goal. Obviously, he. Oh yeah. Get into starting lineup and Gordon was, has been a great fit for them. So it'll be interesting from that standpoint, just because outside of Jokic, this is kind of a new team. So I don't really know what to expect a little bit, but at the same time, I'm like, our guys are better. Yeah. Yeah. No, you know, I, I actually really like seeing MPJ kind of come to his own. He was, was he in the same, he was in the same year as the, as Aiton and Bridges. Yeah. Yeah, he he fell because of the back issues. Yeah, because I I remember because like he was he was like the consensus like coming out of high school and whatnot. He was like the consensus yeah. like number one guy. No, he well he was like it was or like top three. Yeah, him him da basically him da and Bagley actually. Yeah, um, or like all right there. Um, but he had he had the the injury issues in college. Actually, no, hold on, he was no, that was right. He was that year. So, but anyway, um. I remember that because when the Suns traded to get back in to get Bridges, mm. I was thinking they might be going for him, thinking, right. "Hey, he's slid. Let's let's hop in there, pick him up." Now, yeah. obviously, worked out perfectly fine, right? Um, but now I feel like this isn't adding up right. But anyway, let's move on. Yes. Well, let's not move on because I don't want to move on yet. I want to move back to the Lakers series. Okay. I, I don't. I don't ever want to stop celebrating this, Paul. I really don't. Okay. But I, I want to ask you another question about that series, and the question okay. is this: and I'll say, exclude Devin Booker. Yes. Who would you give the most credit to on on the Suns or within the Suns organization, coach, whatever? Um, for for the way the team you know has has succeeded, maybe not even just as playoffs, but this year. I mean, is there really any other answer than Chris Paul? I should say this year. I should say this playoff. Let's make it a little yeah. Late. It's playoffs. Little oh, little I, I mean, here. I, I I said this. I mean, it's Da. I mean, to me, I mean, Da was the up until up through Game Five or game four, he was the MVP to me of our team. I mean, book had a good game one, game one and game two, I think, and then kind of fell off game three and four were light for him. But I mean, four was kind of light just because they blew the crap, blew the doors off him as a, as a team. And then five and six, he went off, but I mean, DA was putting in work that whole time. And, you know, he was really showing, showing out and like, you know, stepping up, and was really the only consistent thing the Suns had, you yeah. know, because book was up and down. CP3 was hurt. Cam and Bridges hadn't really found their their game. So it was like him and campaign were kind of it, which yep. is just crazy. And, you know, th- I mean, that that's that that's 
that's all I have to say about that. <laughs> all right, Forrest. <laughs> so, you know, if I'm going to, <clears throat> excuse me, pose that question, I, I, I'm guessing you probably think I'm probably going to, you know, come up with some sort of answer that's going to be a little, a little outside the box. And of course I'm going to. And I'm going to give somebody credit who I feel like really needs to get credit and who has not gotten, at least that I've seen, really any credit as of late. And, Ryan McDonough. Nah, well, he, <laughs> he, this guy has even, I feel like, gotten more credit. And this is not, this still is, I'm sure, going to not sit well with people, even though it's asinine. But Robert Sarver deserves all the credit in the world for where the Suns are right now, man. He, yeah, I mean, he finally made some good decisions. He, he has grown as an owner. He put the right people in the right places. He let them do their jobs. He got mm-hmm. the arena renovated. He got, and this is also part of why when I say we, I mean we, because obviously we also had a part in those renovations. But he got the arena renovated. Um, I mean, we, we as in the taxpayers to the correct. city of Phoenix. Correct. <laughs> Um, and, and he, uh, got the practice facility built that, you know, a team needs to succeed. You you need abilities not only to succeed, but also to get the players in the door to allow you to succeed. And we're seeing the fruits of that now. And and ultimately none of that is happening. If Robert Sarver owns this team, like he owned this team in 2010 or 11, you know, back then, um, if he hasn't, if he doesn't evolve as an owner. Um, he, wow. Paul just randomly started sharing his screen with me and I'm seeing a picture of Chris Paul with a cigarette hanging out of his mouth in a, apparently a post-game interview with a bandana on his head. Um, Rick James, Kevin James, James Bond, LeBron James don't matter. Sons and six. Okay, Paul. Thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> what was that? What was <laughs> now that i can share a screen it's it's on <laughs> off. jesus christ anyway, um i don't know what i was saying but i'm sure it was a very astute and intelligent point and i don't know what it was anymore so you're welcome, you're welcome. um anyway yeah sarver but yes yeah, look he's clearly grown as an owner and and it's no coincidence that this team is finding finding success as he's starting to own a team like he probably should have been all along right yeah i mean he's definitely you know he's a stubborn guy and it took him a while to kind of learn from his mistakes and it seems like he's finally realizing you know where he was part of the problem and is working to remedy that hopefully i mean i need a little bit more of a track record than like the last two years to before I'll not be nervous about him doing something to screw it up. But particularly with like this, like these next couple summers upcoming with like a lot of extensions looming and Mm -hmm. whatnot, you know, there's, you know, he's going to be paying a lot of money or he's not. Yeah. But I don't think you look Sarver's Sarver's been deemed coined cheap before. And mm-hmm. I've always I've always had an issue with that because the Suns have traditionally under his ownership been on the higher end of payroll at all times. Um, I get it, he's made money, money, money cutting deals, but I don't think he's ever necessarily at least definitely not as of late because he doesn't have the opportunity, I guess, but not shown that he's not willing to, to pay to keep guys around um, ever since that Joe Johnson debacle. Right. Uh, the Kurt Thomas one was pretty bad too. Well, that's 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 different. That's a trade. That's why I'm saying. That but it was to get off the money. That's a cost saving. That's a cost saving thing. That's different than paying right. somebody to keep them around. I think, in my in my humble opinion, Paul. Okay. I mean, look if you want if you want to if you want to lambaste the owner of the team who has seen really the most successful run of this franchise, if you think about it, because he owned it during the seven seconds or less period, and now we're seeing this team, which I think rivals any other team that we've had in Suns history. How about right. that question? Where does this team stand to you? Well, I mean, ideally I don't want to answer that question just till we see how the season ends. Why? 
Why? You know how this team plays. Like, okay. You know how to do yes. If this if, is the if, first team that I've been confident, like I, I said it before, like the, hold on. If we have a seven game series, the 92, 93 team versus this team who wins that series. That one would be close. I think we would be set. I think we would beat the two. Oh, any of the seven second or okay. less teams. And then you think that would be a, a little bit closer of one, maybe kind of one of those coin flips, seven game series. Open one ball bounces one way, the other way. Makes, yeah, because kind of I mean, between K, between KJ and Barkley, I mean, those guys were were amazing. And then you got you had a really solid group, like a deep team. Yeah, yeah. Whereas, which was like the opposite of the set. The that's the thing about like the seven seconds or less teams, which is why I was always nervous because they one they weren't deep, and two like particularly you know it just they didn't play defense. These our guys play yeah. defense. You, you Sorry, go ahead. No, go. I, I like how I like how literally a minute and a half ago I shushed you, and I now just go, "Oh, I'm sorry." Go ahead. See, Shush. that's the dynamic that we have, folks. That's 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 friendship right there, where you can that's twenty years. You can literally do something that is like, like if you think about it, Paul. How blatantly, horribly disrespectful of that of me was that to you? <laughs> you. But you just take it with a grain of salt because you're like, oh, okay. And then 30 seconds later, I'm like, oh, I'm sorry I interrupted. Weird, weird, weird. Anyway, so it would basically be a coin toss, you think, between the 92-93 team and this current team? I, I think so. I mean, obviously, like, I think, like, rule changes take a lot into effect in that, you know, because, like, the, the, I don't know. Yeah. It's, it's hard to judge eras but i think you know there were some really freaking good players on that 92 93 team and we've got some we've got some really good players on our team too but also those guys were vets a lot of our guys are still kind of up and coming and haven't proved anything before yeah well and and i asked the question because well obviously there there there's obvious reason to make these comparisons but I I made the I made that comparison earlier this year and I actually put a poll out on Twitter about it and asked people in a, a seven game series whether which team would win um I don't know it wouldn't work cuz I used multiple choices but anyway basically said which of these teams is the best Suns team 9293 you know the 0405 seven seconds or less era kind of uh, squads uh, or this one and I, I think this one was a pretty distant last. And I'd be interested to see if that changes. And in fact, why don't we take a break right now? Look at this. I'm segueing into a break. Who are these guys? Fanning the flames. They're coming in and like <laughs> having segues into breaks just randomly. And um, uh, anyway, okay. Uh, well, let's take a break really quick. I'm going to throw that poll up again and see if the difference is our, or if there is any difference at this point. And we'll, you know, we'll cover that when we record again next season. <laughs> Okay, so let's talk about the next order of business, Paul. Yes. And that is the Denver Nuggets. Yeah. Well, what do you think? What do you think about the Denver Nuggets? Why don't you tell me, what do you know about the Nuggets, Paul? Why don't you educate me about them? I know know they're injured a lot. You know, they're missing Jamal Murray. They're missing... um, well, I think Will Barton, um, who might actually be coming back soon. And there's somebody else they're missing too. I don't know. I haven't, I've been so focused on the Lakers. I haven't really had a chance to prep on the nuggets yet. I just do know that their starting backcourt is Compazzo, who uh, was, uh, who Chris Paul schooled. 30 year old, um, 30 year old rookie. Yeah, and uh, Austin Rivers, who you know was cut by the by the Knicks earlier this season and signed on the waiver wire, pretty much only because Jamal Murray got hurt. Um, now, are and, you are you concerned about an Austin Rivers revenge series against the Suns? Because we all remember some with fondness his time with the Suns. No, not really. You know why? But I mean, at the end of the day, the Nuggets is Nikola Jokic. You know, he's their team, and Da gets up for playing Jokic. I think there were a couple 
games early in his career where Jokic kind of put him in the spin cycle. And I think that got really got under DA's skin. And as he's grown and improved as a defender, Jokic is one of those guys where he's like, you embarrassed me. I'm not letting that happen. And so from that standpoint, I think we're going to see another, another solid series from DA until he's not needed anymore. Mm-hmm. Hopefully that happens. But when you, but you know, with, with a offense that runs around and through the center position, I think DA is going to be very important. Yeah. I mean, I ha- I have no idea who the Nuggets backup center is. Like, I really don't know anything about their bench at all. Um, is, so, it, is, it, is it, is it Hartstein? No, I don't think so. Is it Michael Green? Maybe. I, I really don't know. Um, so I can't speak to their bench. So that just means to me that our bench is good is better because we have a great bench. And, um, you know, if you just go down the line, I'm like, okay, point guard battle, we win. Shooting guard battle, we win. Um, JaVale McGee. JaVale McGee's on the Nuggets still? Is he, get, is he getting minutes during the playoffs? I just looked up there. I just looked up there. Uh, their roster? Yeah. I don't know why I thought Hart, Hartstein was on there. I, I know he was on the Rocks. I thought it was somewhere else, but I don't know why the Nuggets popped in my head. I don't know why he popped in my head at all, really. I don't even know who he is. I thought, I thought you just named a guy on a business card you had on your desk. <laughs> you do it to me. <laughs> um, but so, like, if you go down the line, we win point guard. We win, win shooting guard. You know, I'd say maybe small forward might be a, a draw. And we might, and we lose power forward. And then this, we lose center. I mean, the guy's a freaking MVP. He's going to be the MVP. I mean, no matter how good DA plays, I mean, Jokic is better. But if DA can make his life hard, that means it makes it hard for the rest of the team because so much of their offense, so much of what they do runs through him. So I'm, I know we lost to them twice, but both of those losses were fluky. One was, um, both of them were in overtime. One shouldn't have gone to overtime. And then Booker got hurt. So it wasn't in the second game, which went to double overtime. And then DA got fouled out, which is, you know, part of the reason we lost. So I'm not expecting those things to happen, but we'll see how it goes. Uh, what I'm actually kind of interested in is I am going to be very interested in how the media evolves over the next week. You know, the entire Suns series was five articles that would mention the Suns, but were from a Lakers perspective. Even when the Suns were taking control of the series, it was, oh, no, the Lakers. Not, oh, yay, the Suns. Oh, hey, the Suns. You know, you know they were the top, the higher seed. Now, with the Lakers being gone and, you know, LeBron gone and that storyline, that narrative out the window, what's the narrative going to be for this series? Yeah. Do you have, what do you think it's going to well, be? Well, and I, I have an answer to that, but really quickly, just getting into kind of where the, the depth is and who's, who we're looking at with the Nuggets they're not going very deep beyond the five that you named as the starters. Um, in the, in the last game of the series against Portland, they only had th- two guys play more than 15 minutes. Uh, Monty Morris, isn't yeah, he like Monty the backup Morris point played guard? 33. Jamichael Green, like you said, played 23. Then the next closest was Paul Millsap played 12. Mm, forgot about Millsap. Yeah. Uh, and, and then, and M Howard, Marcus Howard, maybe. Mm. Uh, and then Shaq Harrison, apparently, for less than a minute, it looks like. So anyway, uh, so that that's what we're looking at. There. As far as the the narratives nationally, I, I think we're going to see them slanted towards the Suns. I mean, okay, we'll look at it from the perspective of if you're a an ESPN or a TNT, you're one of these markets that has an interest in how marketable the teams are that are going for in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. You have Denver and Phoenix. Okay. 
Phoenix city wise is much larger. I, I, well, maybe not much. I don't know much, but uh, I know it's larger, right? Yes. Um, so, but none, we're not LA, we're not Chicago, we're not New York. So that probably doesn't right. really matter. Now, then we look at, let's look at who's going to draw the interest of the nation, right? Uh, when it comes to the players involved, a lumber, lumbering slow center, slow center from a foreign country, right, or, right. or di- two or dynamic guards, a dynamic guard with a storied history in the NBA is going to go down as one of the greatest point guards ever, and a young, up and coming, handsome, Kardashian gender- dating, no, no, gender dating, Kendall Jenner dating dynamic <laughs> superstar what else can i say do, do i have any more superlatives to use um in in devin booker um I, I i think i think those those folks that have an interest in what joe average american passive basketball watching fan is gonna be um interested in, is gonna want the suns uh to to be at the forefront in this series. I, that would be my take. Yeah. I mean, cause I guess the, the other thing that uh, kind of on the other side of that is just this weird inherent. I almost want to say unconscious bias against the Suns that it seems to come from the national media. Like they don't believe nobody believes in them. Right. Like, and I, I mean, their history kind of proves that, but at the same time, you know, and like the blatant disrespect for Booker for however long, I mean, if he's like, he has proven that he's not a bubble all-star anymore. He should be. I mean, I'm, I'm hoping that, you know, this is his coming out party to the nation of, you know, this is where like his popularity soars and like he actually gets like legitimate like votes for like fan votes. Like he may not get in, but you know, that, you know, you know, maybe down the line in a couple of years as like guys like Steph Curry kind of fall off or whatever, but um, at the very least solidify with the coaches that he's a lock for a guard spot. You ever going forward? You ever wonder with book, um, you know, when it comes to things like that type of notoriety, the the publicity, the marketability. You ever wonder if he just doesn't want it? Because book has really no no marketing deals at all, right? He doesn't really show up on anything. He showed up on a couple Nike things really a few years ago. Yeah. He has the Nike shoes that come out, but he's not on anything. His face isn't on stuff. And, and, and not even using to use just necessarily Nike as an example, but other smaller, you know, types of organizations you would think would be interested in using a guy like that. So I, I kind of wonder if it's one of those things where he's just like, it'll, it'll come with the Nikes, like, like it came for Kobe with Nike. Right. And, 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 and it'll be what it'll be. But for the meantime, to get to that level, I just need to keep, keep my head down and do my work and continue to grow my game and worry about that more than anything else. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I mean, I, I'd be interested to see what those conversations are like with like his team, just from the, like, uh, just from the standpoint of like, you don't want to take the little stuff. Cause then like, to if you expect to be up here and getting these kinds of deals, you don't want to take these kinds of deals because these deals aren't there yet a little bit, you know, like leave those to the Raja bells to like um, be the, be the spokesperson for Leslie pools. Um, not, you know, the main, you know, Steve Nash wasn't doing that. Steve Nash had That's- the sponsorships up here, up there. Um, and so I think it's, I think there's a level of, he knows where he wants to be. He knows where he wants to get to be, but because the Suns as a team sucked, he doesn't, you kind of need the cachet of a winning team to really get those. Cause like, he wasn't like he was, well, because he wasn't also like a number one pick, you know, you know, Zion's getting deals. Cause he was a number one pick. He came in with a lot of, he came in with a story books story has grown. Right. Okay. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Uh, you lost me. 
I feel like I feel like you're saying the same thing I said, but just saying it like with I'm more. saying they're gonna come. I just don't think he's reached the um notoriety enough to warrant them. Right. Okay. So we agree. Okay. He's gonna start getting deals, yeah. So let's move. How do we get here? Let's I don't know. It's eleven o'clock at night. Um, I'm kind of hungover. What'd you do last night? I don't know. Watch the basketball game. <laughs> oh man, that was such a great night. What a great night that was. All right, hey, so, dude, let's 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 hear it, Paul. Yeah. What's gonna happen in the series? Ready? Hold on. Let's do it. Ready? Ready? On three. Okay. Okay. One, two, three. Suns in, Suns in six. <laughs> All right. That was pretty close. I was going to say four, but. <laughs> I was going to say three just to be weird. <laughs> All right. Well, there you have it, folks. Suns in five, possibly four. Maybe possibly. three. <laughs> Maybe three. <laughs> Who knows? But hey, you know what? I do know it's gonna be fun, man. Yep. It's a lot of fun. And 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 seriously, this is gonna be a, this is gonna be a really fun series. Oh yeah, um, these I think the teams match up well, and like their styles will be really fun to watch. Yeah. Oh, and speaking of match up well, this is this is what I was looking for earlier uh, while you were talking about Jokic because uh, you had mentioned the importance of DA mm-hmm. uh, and Dan uh, Duarte at d duarte something or other whatever Some num- i think it's a number in case you follow him probably um uh, <laughs> twitter he, he sent this to us earlier dude the the screenshot from the article about Jokic, uh his shooting percentage when he's guarded by ayton uh this season Jokic, when guarded by ayton is 13 for 34 which is 38 percent with three turnovers he's been blocked twice and he's take he's attempted zero free throws when guarded by other sons, Jokic is 18 for 27, which is 67%, and is 11 for 15 from the line. So, point being, if DA we is have, very important, <laughs> we have DA, well, not, not just you know him being important, but just, yeah, having him in the spot where he needs to be or having rotations as they're going to be or whatever the case may be to make sure that DA is, is the man that's on Jokic because he's shown that he's one of the few people in this league that can contain contain Jokic. And that's all we need him to do in this series. It's, I mean, it's, it's going to be a lot like to a certain degree, well, to a much lesser degree, like the Lakers series in that there's one centerpiece. And then now the pieces around Jokic are just a hell of a lot better than the Lakers. Yeah. Um, even, even though the nuggets aren't full strength, but at the end of the day, the, the, the concept, the, the, the game plan, at least generally speaking is you think going to look the same. Uh, actually I, I shouldn't say it's going to look the same. It's probably going to look uh, a little bit different here because of that talent level being a little higher uh, around him. But ultimately here, you're going to have more reliance on Aiton, of course, because Aiton right. wasn't the one that was expected to do anything with LeBron last series. But Aiton is going to be expected to do something with Jokic. And again, knowing that he can handle him, if he can, not even even if he doesn't hold Jokic to such a low shooting percentage, even if he just keeps Jokic average for Jokic, that wins us the series easy. Um, and I think that Aiton is is going to do that without a problem. So I, I don't think that the Suns are going to – I'm not going to say they're going to walk through the series, but I, I think that they are going to do exactly what we would expect an elite team to do against another team that really is an elite team if they were fully healthy. But even without being fully healthy, they're still a very good team, and that's play a competitive series but ultimately come out on top. Right. I, I just I just brought up NBA.com. I just wanted to see offensive and defensive ratings, just kind of see where the Suns compare to the Maverick or to the Nuggets and even more so to to not more so, but in comparison also to the Lakers, just to kind of see what um you know, kind of what we're working with. So the Suns had a defensive um actually hold on, let me jump this. This is this playoffs. Let me get this to the regular season. So Defensive rating, 
in the regular season, Phoenix Suns were ranked sixth. The Lakers were ranked first and the Nuggets are 11th. So Lakers were, the Lakers defensive capability is about, you know, is better than ours. Like they played a really good, they outside of the first, the last two games, they played a pretty good defensive game against the Suns. That's what, that's what they do. That's what they're, they're known for. Denver doesn't have as good a defense. So I think books actually going to have be even better. (laughs) Hopefully. Yeah. I I'm, 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 I'm pretty excited to see what books going to do this series. dude. Yeah. And offensive rating wise, Denver's six and Phoenix is seven. So that's like, you know, pretty equivalent there. And granted, this is taking into account that Jamal Murray was there for a good chunk of the season as well. So we'll, we'll, we'll see what that means. Um, If I jump in and look at playoff stats, offensive rating, Denver's third. Actually, Phoenix is all the way down at 12th for offensive rating. But from a defense standpoint, Phoenix is third and Denver's all the way down at 13th. Right. So granted, the, the Suns played the Lakers and it's distorted because they played one of the better defensive units in the in the league. So their offensive stats a little bit depressed, whereas Denver was playing Portland, one of the worst defensive right. teams in the league. So their offensive stats are a little bit um, you know, inflated. So. I think it's going to be a great matchup, but I do think I am confident in the Suns. Yeah, I, I, I'm happy that they're playing Denver, not Portland. Frankly, um, no, I, I, I'd much rather play Denver with no, with no Jamal Murray. Mm, the, yeah. the only reason being because I have that much confidence in Aiton being able to contain Jokic and ensure that Jokic doesn't take over the game on multiple levels and, 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 and become, you know, this, this one man show, which is what I think Denver needs in order to beat them. Um, I think that Portland has more weapons that could have gotten hot. I mean, I, I never want, I, I don't, I don't want to play Dame anywhere, anywhere, anytime, yeah. but we don't have to. So we don't need to talk about it. Nope. All right, dude. Hey, we're going to wrap up this episode of fanning the flames. The first ever playoff episode dude i almost did the cow herd but it felt wrong it felt wrong hey maybe i'll drop in i did an intro maybe i'll drop it into this episode as the intro <laughs> and hey you know what maybe i will because i'm not gonna lie it's it's a little it's a little prophetic 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 like it's a prophecy i think that's right prophetic that feels like a weird word it sounds say. like yeah it doesn't sound right but i think it's right oh, okay cool Go, 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 go. All right. Well, hey, Paul, any final words? No. See you on Monday. See you on Monday. Dude, game one. Game one. Four more games to go. Let's do this. Let's do this, sons. As always, thank you for listening. And depending on when you're listening, whether you're salsa dancing whether you're backing someone down or whether you're repeating kicked out of a basketball game <laughs> and TNT is for some reason magnifying you grabbing your groin. That was really, unnecessary. <laughs> really unnecessary. But anyway, seriously, we appreciate you guys listening when we, when we do do this. Uh, it's fun. when We do. This was maybe the best episode ever i mean i don't know it probably sounds terrible because we're just ranting and raving like lunatics oh that's what we do anyway all the time but this one felt good this one felt so good let's keep this momentum going let's keep winning these games i'm gonna keep wearing my lucky shoes whatever you're doing out there keep doing it and until next time depending on when you're listening have yourself a good morning good afternoon or a good evening night Valley boys, we them 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 valley boys. Let's go, sons, to the day I die.